Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Behold, the vicious, vicious chicken of Bristol, or as we know, I'm Dave AC. No, hello everybody, it's uh, the Gotham Collective Podcast. Yes, I'm done with Spamalot and free as a bird. Um, just as long as the bird is not the vicious chicken of Bristol, which was unfortunately killed by Robin, Sir Robin. Anyway, I digress. I'm free, I'm free. Dave, are you free? Yeah, but I hope like uh, Robin of Sherwood, he, uh, or is it Robin of Sherlock? Uh, I hope he didn't use a spoon to do it. <clears throat> Remember that old joke from way back? Yeah. Right, yeah, so the gang's all here. And the gang being, of course, myself and Dave and Mike. Uh, hello, Mike. Hello, Ian. Hello, Dave. So glad to have you along for the ride. Indeed. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Fortun- fortunately for all of us, because it gives us more talking room. Um, we'll send Dave off in a minute, and that'll give us actually ample time to talk. Uh, yeah, it's just the three of us today, so uh, no need for the cone. <coughs> We've got apologies, Maybe, though. We do have apologies, and but we haven't had one from Cybob, so um, this isn't an official show. Uh, it's, you know, unofficial unless Cybob's here. Ah, uh, indeed. But yes, um, let's go to uh, let's go to the apologies room with Dave. Dave, yeah, just say the that, apologies uh, room. Well, I'll have to apologise for this because this uh, it's mostly absent. But uh, one apology from the apology people in the apology room is from Ken, although actually awkwardly he might turn up. Uh, no, what it is, is uh, he says he begs our pudding and he may not uh, be able to join us. Uh, if he feels uh, well enough, he will, uh, he will just uh, slip in under the cone later but other than that yes it's just the three uh the three musketeers here and uh we will endeavor to bring you some entertainment don't be so remorseful ah. <laughs> at least i know david get that joke <laughs> oh, dear, 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 dear. <clears throat> well let's move swiftly onwards and introduce the uh of course the uh Pivotal member of the uh, the Cobham Collective of that, of course, is the Typing Monkey. Jeez, can I don't do this for a while, and we'll just <laughs> on the handbasket. Anyway, it's time to introduce the Typing Monkey. <laughs> flee, go. Typing Monkey, flee. Go, right, right. Flee, yeah. Oh, sorry, it's go. <laughs> Oh, dear. So, first up with news, it's Dave. Well, let me get the, the the most disappointing of our pieces of news from .whonews.net. I'll let you two guys deal with the, the more exciting and more creative elements. Uh, this is um, about uh, the Doctor Who experience that uh, closed down in Cardiff. Uh, remember, it was only set up to run for five years, and the Cardiff Council taxpayers uh, had put up a lot of money. However... 
due to the, the maybe the overspend or the uh, the the turnouts or the receipts on turnout, um, it has left uh, Cardiff uh, ratepayers a little bit uh, disgruntled because there's a one million pound bill still outstanding, one point one million pound, which is about one and a half million dollars. So. Um, yeah, the, the building housing the experience was built by Cardiff City Council using money from the Welsh Government to invest to save fund. Uh, and that was built uh, very near to the actual um, where the Doctor Who has uh, shown, the uh, the BBC studios at Cardiff Bay. So um, it is a sad end to something. It's a little pretty really. I mean, I know it's for five years, but um, they said that about the eye, the London eye. And that... Um, was so successful that it was uh, being kept on and so so forth so um w- whether there'll be some uh you know effort to 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 bring it back i don't know but uh yeah. there you go sad end to it now is it just the building that that the bill is from or is it from Does i think i think the the idea was that the receipts would over time repay the council, so in effect, uh, it, it would be a zero bill to them, okay. uh, and presumably they've underwritten it, and therefore the shortfall falls to the taxpayers, the local residents, uh, unless of course they can make an appeal to something like, uh, I would think that they should be able to make an appeal to Lotto, the lottery fund, maybe they can mm. get some money to cover it from there, because, uh, you know, from all all that I've heard, and I think you other guys have heard, people have gone to see it. Uh, people have actually uh, thought it it was an experience, Ian. Really? About yeah. Doctor Who? Was it Doctor Who experience? Hey, had an experience there. Brilliant. But that's my one third of the uh, pieces from that site. Okay. Excellent. Mike, do you have any news? I do, of course. Uh, for fans of Doctor Who, back when back when it was on originally in the sixties, seventies, eighties, fans in the UK will remember the Target novelizations that the, that were that were published. These were back in the day. These were really the only way you could keep stories. This was back well before VHS releases or anything. So this was a way to relive stories, but you couldn't just rewatch at any time. And they were a huge part of the of the culture at the time. Uh, BBC have just this week announced that they are doing a limited run of the Target novelizations, BBC, uh, Doctor Who, with about what, four different books, three of them from maybe four, uh, four from the new series, one from the classic series. And it's interesting the uh, the, the writers they have lined up for these. Uh, most two of them are written by their the actual the writers who wrote them for the episode. First one is Rose, and the novelization is being written by Russell T Davies, which is kind of which is really neat. Then we have the Day of the Doctor, which was the uh, 50th anniversary special. The novelization being written by Stephen Moffat. Then we have the Christmas Invasion, which was of course. Uh, David Tennant's first episode, first full episode as the Doctor, instead of just you know the appearance at the end of Parting of the Ways, uh, written by Jenny uh, T. Colgan, who is a writer of young adult novels. Uh, two point uh, written sixteen best-selling novels as Jenny Colgan, um, two point five million copies sold, uh, and 
sold worldwide, uh, won both the Melissa Nathan Award and Romantic Novel of the Year in, in 2013. I uh, hadn't heard of her before this. Uh, Twice Upon a Time is being novelized, being written by Paul Cornell. Of course, he wrote uh, he wrote the Human Nature Family of Blood. He, probably some others that I'm not, just uh, at a, just off the top of my head forgetting. Um, so he, he's writing that one. Then there is also the novelization of City of Death, uh, the classic, the Tom Baker, Douglas Adams uh, written story. This one's being written by James Goss who has apparently already done a BBC Books novelization of City of Death, along with other, uh, the two other, uh, uh, some other Douglas Adams material, Pirate Planet and The Cricket Men, which I think Cricket Men was just released last year, so a re- recent release. He's also done uh, novelizations of Doctor Who and, and Torchwood novels. So there, limited run, return run of, tar- of the Target books for Doctor Who. That's pretty neat. And it's interesting. That it's also like the, the Doctor Who news net, net is where I'm getting this. And they include the uh, cover art for these. And the cover art artwork for these books is just right in line with the uh, the, the, the original run of uh, mm. of Target novelizations, complete with the, uh, the, the logo, just the whole style of the artwork. It's, it'd be neat to, to get your hands on these. It'd be neat little collector's items or whatever. Yeah, just to, just to hand, I've got one here. It's uh, I've got a few somewhere else in the house. This is the one I've got is the the Tenth Planet, written by Jerry Davis, and um, I must have had it a while because it was sent to me on my forty seventh birthday. In. <laughs> so uh, yeah, a while ago that, but there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, and even here it says with a stone tablet. <laughs> well, this, when I got this in ninety three, it said Target Doctor Who novelizations. Eight million copies sold, and that was then. And of mm. course, it was at the grand price of um, five dollars ninety-five cents when it came out. <laughs> Slightly more now, I think. Yeah. Excuse dog noises in the background. Unfortunately, I have dogs. Well, or fortunately, I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, um, there is some news. I'm not going to claim this is my news because it's like everybody knows this news. But this week we had some unexpected um, appetite-wetting materials, I guess you'd say. That sounds slightly rude. Um, <laughs> earlier this week, I think it was, was it, uh, I have to look now. Uh, Tuesday. It was. Yes, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, BBC Worldwide have revealed uh, the new logo to accompany Jodie Whittaker's incarnation of the Doctor. Um we were given what looks to be basically a nice wallpaper for your computer um, mm-hmm. with the doctor in um, in silhouette. You can see the boots and the coat and kind of a hint of the stripe and, of course, her haircut and the TARDIS off in the distance as I think it is the sun setting. Um, also with this came a little teaser video. Um which has got a kind of Doctor Who insignia thing on it. It's a circle with Who in the middle of it and a line going through. It's almost like a clock motif, I think, is what they're going for. Um, it looks quite neat. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, of course, you can go to the BBC Doctor Who page or Facebook page and check that out. There's a nice kind of... Uh, uh, I don't even know how you describe this kind of. I hope that the tar the the 
uh, title sequence is going to be similar to this because I'm really kind of enjoying it. Um, it's just kind of color-wise, it's it's a bit new for us. Um, it's not quite so time tunnel-ish, which I know is what you know we've generally had over the the history of the show. But you know, let's 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 break it up, do something a little different. You know, we with Sylvester McCoy's Doctor, we got kind of that that whole star field and the asteroids and stuff like that. And that was a little bit kind of similar to this. We were talking just before the show, and Mike brought that up that it was very much, you know. Or was it Dave? I don't know. No, yeah, it, it looks like shards of red kryptonite coming towards the screen. But mm. uh, yeah, the the um, I suppose one of the things about the the uh, the clockwork one that we've had recently is that that was a, ideal for uh, 3D uh, as 3D seemed as though it was actually going to take off a little bit more in in television programs. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's still fairly uh, solid at the cinema, and uh, but. For, for TV shows, it seems to have uh, died to death, and, and the and they even exaggerated that death depth. But I, I think it looks rather refreshing. It's both, if it's possible to be so, uh, a little bit futuristic and and also slightly uh, retro. I would say. Right. I mean, I'm kind of when it comes to Doctor Who, it's 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 weird because um, a lot of times we're so resistant to change. But that's what the show has done constantly and consistently um, throughout its, you know, throughout its history. But I guess what I'm opposed to is change all at once. You know, growing up with it, I didn't notice the changes so so much. Um, I mean, there were some major ones. You're know, moving from black and white to color, um, but. You know, we had slight updates during the Doctor's time. Like, even with Colin Baker's time, they did some slight tweaking as they went on. Same with uh, uh, Peter Davidson. You know, they just kept making slight changes. But it seems like now, whenever there's a change in in guard, we you know, we're completely wiping the slate clean and and, and doing everything different. Uh, which, I mean, it'll be fine. But it's just that whole, like, it's a lot to swallow all at once. I kind of like things to be kind of introduced. You know, and, and Moffat could never seem to decide what he wanted to do. Because every season had a new intro and, you know. Could be the marketing people that uh, try and persuade him to do that, of course. So that, you know, the shops can say it's the new... The new yeah. Doctor it's all new stock and things. It's not the same stock, stock that was there three Christmases ago. Right. Um, and on that note, that's exactly why the logo was revealed on Tuesday. Was uh, all the new merchandising using the new logo was released starting this past Tuesday, the twentieth. So better, more, better time to release the logo than uh, then. Of course, there was also a, uh, an, I think it's an annual like, convention or expo or something that BBC Worldwide does. It's BBC Worldwide right. Showcase, and uh, Doctor Who had a panel there. Jodie Whittaker was there, Chris Chibnall was there, and I remember the, the the morning leading up to this, at least here in the States, time zones, differences, but the 
someone had taken a picture of the title card that they were using for that for that event, and it, the, the event was called Doctor Who: A New Dawn. And people were freaking out, saying, "Oh no, they're going to change the subtitle for they're going to give the show a subtitle for the Chris Chibnall era. The guy who complained about Trial of a Time Lord is getting a subtitle." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but no, that's just that was just the event, and uh, yeah, that was that. That's where that's hard of the reason why we got that reveal Tuesday. And again, just looking over the history of the logo, of course, there were some major changes, like, of course, the Hartnell to Troughton logos, those were pretty similar. Mm-hmm. The Paul, the, the John Pertwee has become one of the more iconic, at least in terms of marketing and merchandising. I think nowadays, when you see when you see things for Doctor Who merchandise that's referencing the classic series, be they action figures or comic books or anything, they use the they use the the John Pertwee logo, but they put in the, the texture of the Hallow Round effect from the like the 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 Hartnell and Troughton era, mm-hmm. that those vertical those horizontal lines. I mean, I'm looking at one right now as, as I'm talking. Uh, so that's become the more iconic. That there was the that that. One that we know for that logo that we know for the for Peter Davison, they tweaked that just a little bit, made it sort of an up, put sort of a curve, an arc to it for Colin Baker. And we had the Sylvester, which was a complete re- revamp of the logo. Uh, the John part we returned for the for the Paul McGann movie. Then we had that the uh, I don't know what kind of shape you would call it, the taxi cab lozenge uh, logo yeah. for uh, Russell yeah. T Davies. And then the, in terms of just go ahead. The uh, the narrow eye of Sauron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's 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 really suspicious of you. Doctor Who, who's walking into? Yeah, then we had he just the, walked into Mordor. <laughs> the uh, Stephen Moffat logo. And one thing I will say about this, the, you know, of course, we for both the Stephen Moffat logo and this one, we had reveal trailers. And this one for the Jodie Whittaker one was a much more dynamic trailer. The tra- the re- reveal trailer for the Moffat logo was just the on a black screen, the TARDIS materialization effect, sound effect, and then the logo appeared. It, it faded in, and that was it. That was the that was the reveal trailer for that one. So this one was at least more interesting, and. This one, it doesn't look like they have the. It doesn't look like they're going the the, D, the DW Tardis route, which right. from a marketing branding point, I can understand that one. But just from a from a visual aesthetic standpoint, I never liked that. No, no. right. Because it was kind of and clever, it, and it it took us a long time to get to there. I mean, I never understood the, the that diamond logo. Yeah, it it was always. I don't know. It was just a product of its time, you know. And, and then there's also there's there's one that's not mentioned with all of these, and it's the it's one that Sci-Fi Channel used here in the states to to market, oh, and it's yeah. it's it's one it's it, it's it's reminiscent of the like the, the John Pertwee or even the the original logo where it's two lines Doctor Who, right. but it's 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 a, more of a narrow font, and over the in the O they put a silhouette of well back then it was Chris Eccleston right as the Doctor. So that's kind of an unofficial official logo, I guess. Yeah, it's one that I that, that I remember because well, that's when I got back into Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Right. One of my least favorites was probably that, that the the whole um, clock thing that we had with the last season. Was, oh yeah, it was too to me. It was too self-referential. It's like this is about time. It's 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 about time. That's why we've got the the time stuff. In the, the the title sequence, because it's about time. It's like, yeah. Really? 
really, I mean, it was clever, and, and kudos to the guy who originally created it, but I thought it was just, you know, that one step too far, you know. So, oh, yeah. and then there was the, uh, that one, was it Series 5? It was the series that, Moffat series that was split into two, and we had different textures on the logo every episode that were yeah. referencing that episode. There was the, the Dalek episode, Asylum of the Daleks, and they had Dalek bumps all over the logo. There was the dinosaurs, where we had, I think there was dinosaur, dinosaur scales over the, as a texture for the, for the logo. So yeah, as going back to Moffat, they did keep changing it just every series, every episode almost, doing different things with it. Keeping it dynamic, I'll give him that, but it's a lot of different things going on. Yeah, uh, one of the things too was wasn't, wasn't uh, his first series. I remember we debated about that. Um, the lightning, the, the thunder. Yeah, the lightning and the thunder and oh. stuff that was different and stuff. Seems to be out here next, yeah. Yeah, so supposedly it was increasing were, in volume every episode. Yeah, there were so many ideas in that that he, he just never followed through with or explained. I mean, I've actually heard him recently saying that he completely misunderstood everything when it came to redesigning the Daleks. Wow. That it was, a, you know, he's like, yeah, it's one of those things you just wish you could take it back. You know? And I'm sure there was a lot of pressure from like, hey, let's create new Daleks so that we can sell those, and you know, they can be special multicolored Daleks. That's a good idea. You know. <laughs> anyway, just going back to this, I mean, obviously, Mike, with the saying that New Dawn, that's clarified that image as being uh, sunrise, I suppose, Ian, rather than sunset. Mm. If it's supposed to be some sort of New Dawn. Yeah. True. Or the sunset will bring a new dawn. So it could be a sunset. I'm always thinking. Red sky at night. Doctor's delight, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. What was that? So, so, so red sky at night. Taylor, uh, Doctor's delight. Uh, uh, what's the, what's the other part of it? No, no, what's the other part of it? Red the sky original. at night. Sailor's delight. Mm-hmm. But what's the the last part? Uh, red sky at morn, sailors forlorn. Ah, so red sky at morn, uh, cloister bell cloister bell warns. Ah! <laughs> awesome. All right, we're done here. <laughs> I'm done. That's me out. I've done all my thinking for today. Okay, we do, we do have a guest. Uh, we do have somebody under the car. I don't know if you want to allow them to text chat now. Welcome to coming into the room. Um, Ooh, ah. who has wandered in. Ah. Well, discussing who? Yeah. Ah, there we go. Finally, it works. Ah. Come on in, discussing who? Is that Kyle? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey. Gentlemen, I think you've got the wrong number. Oh, sorry, I, I forgot Dave's on the call. <laughs> well done. I like that. Um, I think we can let Guest 6 chat now with uh, Unmuted. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Guest 6, we, we are always a little bit cautious uh, when people come in uh, as a guest rather than a named person. But uh, if you want to add anything in text chat, that's great. Anyway, Kyle, are you are you back from your? We'll just diverge a little bit from what we're talking about. Have you just returned back from your convention? 
Well, well, I'll give you one even better. Clarence is with me, and we are not back. We are on our way back. We're driving still. Woohoo! Oh, hi, Clarence. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> going. <laughs> Yeah, well, we guys. didn't just meet John Barrowman and stuff, so you guys were at <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we're still our mind uh, considering the fact that uh, that that in the hotel there was a face of Bo, and Jack took a picture with the face of Bo, and that oh. was like really, really cool. Oh wow! Did he get naked? Uh, <laughs> no, but he but he had on the TARDIS. Uh, so yeah, and I heal. Yeah, I, 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 I took that picture to bed with me. Uh, did, we'll we'll take that discussion <laughs> no further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we also got to see uh, Arthur Darvel as well. Yes. Oh, while you were there, you didn't happen to have a chat with uh, West Hubbard, did you? Yeah, I saw him as one of the interviewers. I'm, um, I'm sure I, 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 mm-hmm. I replied to one of your uh, tweets about it. Um, it looked on stage as though he was interviewing one of the guests. I think he was interviewing Arthur Darvel. Uh, oh, it was Arthur. Uh, uh, West, West Hubbard, for those of you who don't know, is the reason why Dave and I are uh, polluting your airwaves. Uh, West created CIA, which then became Cultman Audio, which then split off and became the Cultman Collective. So... Uh, yeah. Wow. West, West, West started us on this journey. I wish I yeah. would have known that two days ago. <laughs> wow. I, meant, I, I I saw the thing, and then I saw that you guys were there, and I meant to say that, but it was late or something when I realized that, and I was like, oh, I'll tell them, that, and then it's all over, of course, now. But Well, yeah. well, I, I will say, uh, you know, and I actually did something that I've never done before, but whenever they did the question, you know, I got up and, uh, you know, got in line and, you know, got to, you know, for about, I'd say, two or three, four minutes, got to talk to, you know, Rory, Arthur Darville, uh, ask him about filming the Angels Take Manhattan, which was really, really cool. But, but then when I got my chance to do the same for John Berriman, both of my questions were taken <laughs> before... Uh, I got up there, so when it was time to talk to Jack, and Jack is standing, you know, towering over you, literally, with the TARDIS dress on, and I'm going like, oh, crap, what am I about to say? And I just said something like, okay, who haven't you worked uh, with that you'd like to work with? And, of course, in Jack, or John Berriman fashion, he says something like, who haven't I, who do I want to do what with? (laughs) <laughs> well, you, you're better than Ian. Ian would have been taken in an upskirt shot, so you're, you're doing better than him. <laughs> you're, you're saying that like there's something wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so far, I'm 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 stumped. I I don't know why. Yeah, why are you making it sound like that? No, it's not fair. Now, listen, you've been to, you and Clarence have been to a few, because, uh, again, to, to listeners who will have, uh, have heard you on this show, I mean, you make me and Ian sound like old men, because you're doing well, you are comic comics. Well, yeah, well, there you go. But you're doing, you're doing discussing comics, discussing films, discussing 
Chivet lemons. <laughs> See, I mean, I don't know what you don't discuss. So, um, I love. Try- hey, you you guys need to do a commercial for it because that was pretty darn good right there. I just got to say. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know how near Clarence is to your microphone or whatever, but um, go on, give it a dish some dirt on Kyle for his please. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear all the dirt. He wants dirt on me. Oh, well, you know, he might have fouled a bit too much when he was talking to John Barry. I mean, you know, <laughs> I won't put him on the side, but I will say that um, anybody that has to see uh, Captain Jack happens to get a chance to see him in person, they definitely should go because, I mean, antics aside, he's just a wonderful conference. I mean, a wonderful panel, and he's very, very, very entertaining. Yeah. So just a good time for all to be had. Awesome. Yeah, I I see him briefly at MegaCon in um, Orlando. Um, Unfortunately, it was behind the signing desk, but uh, Eve Miles was just arrived as I got into line, and he tackled her, and they just (laughs) hugged on the ground, and it was just it was just so funny. It's just because she comes walking up, and he comes running around the table and just like jumps on her, and. yeah, you can tell, and they were just laughing their asses off. Um, unfortunately, he he was he was not feeling very well because he had had uh, allergy issues coming into Orlando. So. Tell the guys what you did very nicely for me with a certain uh, actress that I like from a certain uh, sci-fi series. What did I do to her? Did, I mean, uh, with her. I mean, uh, Charisma Carpenter. I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. It was Charisma. I can't from uh, from Buffy, <laughs> the the guys must yes. know. They have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. Clarence, you 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 you've watched Buffy, haven't you? It's not too long ago for you that. I'm not, I'm not too big of a Buffy fan. Um, just that uh, you know, it's kind of kind of just missed the boat on that one. But I know it's beloved. Right, right. Uh, well, Chris McCarpenter was. Uh, one of the cast members of that, and uh, Ian told her our, I was her greatest fan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell I you. I tried to get a soundbite, but they they wouldn't let me. Uh, I was yeah. going to have her say hello to Dave, but they wouldn't do a soundbite. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this: that, that you know, I would have loved to have gotten more soundbites than what I did, but there, you know, where, there was some, you know etiquette restrictions on the media that we could and could not do, which, you know, of course, respect. But I, but I will tell you this. We also got to meet Robert Ricardo, who plays, the, you know, of course, PMH doctor on Voyager, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, you know, other things. Uh, Clarence and I did get to take a picture with him, which is cool. Yeah. And uh, we, so we did, we did get that. And... Uh, he he gave me some uh, fashion uh, tips that would help uh, when I'm on video with my uh, shiny bald head. That, you know we are both <laughs> solidly inclined. Uh, our, our our deficit or whatever the word is. So yeah, I'll be buying a hat soon. So thanks to Robert Picardo. <laughs> you are the guy. And I guess he is an EMH doctor because he cured me of the need of whatever. So, <laughs> over him. I uh, uh, again at at a, at a MegaCon, I met Robert Ricardo, 
And he was one of the few stars, and I don't know if they can still do this, but he wasn't doing a photo shoot. Instead, on his table, he had photos, $10. And I thought, I'm going to get take a picture of him. He'll sit behind the desk and take a picture. And I said, I'd like to take a picture. And he's like, okay. Then the lady takes the money. <laughs> he gets up. He comes around the tape, the front of the table, puts his arm around me while my wife takes a picture. And then he's like, did you get it? Did you get a good one? <laughs> he's brilliant. And it's just such a – I wasn't expecting to come around the table and just like – you know, put his arm around me. It's just, he was so nice. I, I, yeah. It's one of my favorite well, characters in, in Voyager, you know. So, so let me say this, and, and and he did the same thing for us, too, you know, coming mm. around the table. If we oh, had yeah. have gotten there about 30 to 40 seconds earlier, because he said, oh, you should have gotten here just a minute ago, uh, I, I called Bill Nye. Yeah, he was uh, live chatting with Bill Nye with oh, wow. whoever it was that he uh, had, you know, had been at his booth right before we got there. Awesome. So, Sounds like you guys had a great time. Yeah, we did. And I looked down, you know, Clarence and I had been talking, and I looked down and I was like, oh, it's, it's you know, one thirty. Let You want to call in the Tulsa? And it was like, <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I know you gave a shout out on your your call for anybody to uh, who saw you in you. Uh, uh, were you wearing your uh, discussing who T-shirts rather than the discussing comic ones or what? Yeah. Did they uh, yeah, say I, hi? I, yeah, we did. Uh, we did have the discussing who on. Uh, I, I'll give you a, a a quick funny story real quick. I don't think Clarence nor I either one could have worn the Discussing Comics t-shirts, even though they look really fantastic, because Kyle did not pay attention when he ordered the shirt, and I ordered medium instead of extra large. So, yeah, we got we got two giveaways to give at some point. Okay. So, well, yeah. you want to give... No. no, no, no. That was it. I was saying, yeah. Okay. Let's just mention to our listeners, then, that... Uh, they got all your goodies on uh, www.discussingwho—that's all one word.com. And c- does that have links to your your, your other uh, offshoots? Yes, it does. All it, yeah, they're all on there. Okay, and I suppose we ought to mention that uh, Clarence there is uh, also has uh, Tech Petition. Is it? Is that the right correct name? Exactly correct. Yes. Uh, and of course, um, relativity. Uh, with Lee, unfortunately, I take it Lee couldn't join you on this. No, no, he couldn't. But we we uh, communicated with him, and uh, that that was cool. And I sent you guys the pictures, of course, for pod shots. But I don't want to steal your airways and not ask what you guys are up to. So uh, you know, before because it's raining and I, and uh, we're starting to get into the city in just a moment. So uh, yeah, you what, to concentrate. So tell me what caught them up, because I don't want to steal your airways for a few minutes and not talk about what you guys are doing. So what's been up with Ian and, uh, you know, Dave? Because it's been a while, Ian, since uh, we've had the luxury of being on the same airways at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I uh, like I said, the opening of the show, I just got done doing directing Spamalot. Um, as far as the show goes, we were in the middle of news, and so you were good news. 
So, yeah, we, oh. we just got done discussing, actually, and you guys, if you've got time, I know you, it's the rain's coming and stuff, um, but we were just discussing the the little teaser that was released. And the new uh, logo, the, the new Doctor Who logo. And the music. Any thoughts? Uh, uh, the new logo? Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting logo. Now, did we hear there's a... Uh, Female symbol on the logo. Yeah, have you guys heard that? That they've hidden like a female, the symbol of a female in the logo, or is that people reading too much into it? I don't know. People reading too. There's there's wow. a whole big analysis that I've actually seen, and I don't even know if it's serious or not. But there's like circled little bits and pieces here and there, and I'm just like, oh no. I'm like, I like <laughs> the show. I really like Doctor Who, but I don't like it that much. I'm sorry. It's like it doesn't. I mean, if I find out an Easter egg later on down the track, I'm like, hey, that's really cool. You know, but no, I'm not going to sit here and dissect. Well, I did at the beginning, but, you know, not as bad <laughs> as some people, you know. I'm not one of those fans. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do you believe that? Clarence? I've got some you know, swamp land for you to buy. <laughs> yeah. And Clarence, uh, any thoughts on the uh, the new font and logo and look? I like the logo. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I do like we saw this image, the silhouette, and put all the doctors on that hill. Um, all right. Jody but that yeah. thought was pretty yeah. interesting. I mean, uh, I've seen a few um, shooting stills where they're doing out and about doing uh, filming, and I'm not quite sure that those blue trousers, the cut-off trousers, work quite <laughs> so well seeing them in motion. They look good on a, a standing uh, viewpoint, but they they look a little bit like uh, clown's trousers at a circus to me when I when you see a walk. Thank them. you, thank you. Uh, oh. and, and and those boots just with the way the trousers look look so uncomfortable. The shoes. Right. But, but, you know, Star Lord fell over. Who knows? Who knows? It'll be interesting. Um, I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where, where you know, they. I mean, I don't want to assume that the production team don't like give her a costume and say, "Okay, run down this corridor. Let's see how it looks." But you do wonder, you know, how much of a workout does a new costume get before they put the check mark beside it? You know, and it's one of those ones. that's like, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting seeing it in action. Once we see it in action, then we'll know. And it's like, and until then, it's all speculation, you know. Good point. And, you know, I'll make this comment, and, and I think we're starting to break up a little bit. So okay. I'll kind, of, okay. I'll kind of end this on this comment. You know, as you guys were just talking there, for the first time, I actually realized that this next version of the theme that we're going to hear, because I'm going to assume not only is the logo different, but the theme will be different as well will be the first time since the series returned to 2005 that Murray Gold has not arranged the theme. Right, yeah. That's mm. going to be that's going to be good. I mean, i got nothing against Murray Gold. I've loved everything he's done, really. I mean, um, I think music should always enhance and not overpower, and for the most part, it never did that. It always, you know, went hand-in-hand hand with everything. And But, you know, you do reach a point where it's like, okay, it's time for time for something a little different. You know, it's just like rearranging your living room. You know, 
every now and then you just got to go, okay, let's just take everything out and put it back in again in a different order. And, you know, so it's, it, yeah. you know, it can only be good. I hope. Good point. <laughs> good, very good point. All right. Well, we are literally entering the time vortex. Again, okay. So, gentlemen, thanks for letting us chat with you for a minute. And we'll, no we'll Thank you for calling we'll see in. see you guys was, next time. Yeah, it was great okay. to hear about Pensacon, and you guys drive safe and uh, get home safe. And we'll be well, talking to you soon, I'm sure. Well, driving, so we'll be as safe as we can. So. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cheers, Matt. And, uh, as they step away, let me just mention that uh, Discussing Who, which is currently up to episode 96, the guys have gone back to, uh, well, to the start of the 2005 series of Doctor Who with uh, Rose. So episode, if you if you want to find Discussing Who, uh, you'll find, hey, it's ubiquitous, it's everywhere. It's certainly on iTunes. And episode 90 is the review of Rose. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then they're moving forward. And the most recent one up, Although, in, give it two hours, and we'll have another episode up. Um, it's episode 96, <laughs> Review of the Long Game, Doctor Who Series 1, Episode 7. And uh, uh, I've enjoyed listening to those guys. And not to also mention that uh, they've done a great series on uh, Star Trek Discovery, the uh, the Netflix uh, reimagining of Star Trek we won't ask them any questions on that, as I think they're they're fading away. They're they're, right. they're into the time stream any minute. We're gone. We're gone. <laughs> Next guys. time, I think I'll go to. Pe- if you're going to go back to Pensacon, then I might try and make it up there for it. Because heck, you guys were in Florida and you didn't come see me. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. That would be totally one million percent. Yes, please, 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 yep. please. That would be. Fantastic. It looks like it was a. It looks like it was a great convention, too. They had a lot of great uh, stars there, and it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yes, 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 yes. And 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 I'll end by saying, where was my brain and my left brain and my right brain when I realized I, I was going and didn't say to Ian Visit, we're in Florida, come up. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, so, guys, thanks. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. I will talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Drive safe. Thanks. So, yeah, for anybody who's who's curious, uh, Pensacon was held uh, this weekend in Pensacola, Florida, uh, the Pensacola Comic-Con. And guests they had were Robert Duncan McNeil. uh, I'm scrolling through, reading them out. Is that the Uh, Groundhog Day place? No. Am I getting mixed up? All right. You're getting mixed up. Uh, Okay. Uh, they've got them in no particular order. So Adam Brown, uh, Ricky Simmons from um, Invader Zim. Liam would have enjoyed that. He liked Invader Zim. He's got everybody all mixed up together. Uh, Ray Park. Uh, <laughs> sorry. There's like half of them are coming out, so I don't know. So I'm not yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, of course, we heard the guys talking about uh, Robert Ricardo was there and uh, John Barrowman. Um, Arthur Darville. Arthur Darville was there. Uh, Wes Hubbard. Yes, Wes Hubbard, of course, uh, was there. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice show. Uh, Camille Kaduri was there. I would have loved to oh, see her. Oh, yeah. Oh, Camille, she does it for me, I'm telling you. Hello, nurse. Um <laughs> Jason There's Isaac. Chapel. There's Chapel. I think you're mixing up your shows. 
What? No, I didn't think you were. Jason Emmanuel. Jason Isaacs. Jason. Would you maybe get a word in edgewise? Jason Isaacs from from Harry Potter. Um, And um, um, lost my train of thought. He's he's the the captain in Discovery, correct? Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. He plays uh, not Lorker. Yeah, it's Lorca, isn't it? He plays mm. the uh, he plays the captain, yeah. um, uh, and of course the the the, the main one is uh, Burnham, who uh, mm-hmm. is the sort of uh, girl who who uh, regrets. Well, no, it might be spoiler territory for people who haven't seen it, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the main characters of it. Yep, Herb Jefferson Jr. from the original Battlestar Galactica was there. Brent Spiner, John Delancey, Arthur Darby. Wow. Yeah. Um, Barbara Hershey was there. Uh, I mean, John Delance has been in so so much, and uh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, Bill Bill Colbert was there, uh, Mike from MST of course. From MST through K and Rift Tracks, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Pro T Robot. Yep. Uh, Dan Gil uh, Gil uh, Gil Deason. Who, uh, great voice actor. Um, if you grew up watching Transformers, you'll know who he is. Uh, yeah, there there are more pages. Go to pentacon.com and then I won't have to read them all out. But yes, so uh, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but um, hopefully they're going to be doing another one next year, and uh, maybe maybe I'll drive up and meet the boys because uh, I haven't yeah. actually met the guys yet. So I mean, we've talked, of course, plenty of times. But anyway. Um, so enough of that, and back to news, because I did have another little bit of news. Okay. Uh, earlier this month, it was revealed, this is uh, video game news, that um, following along the lines of the release of uh, Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, uh, Spyro the Dragon series is going to get the same treatment, supposedly, for PS4. Um, and... Word has it, too, that uh, the release of the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy was so popular that rumors are that there is a new Crash game in the works. But yeah, Spyro the Dragon, um, looking to get a, a nice uh, uh, updo and uh, be uh, re-released on the PlayStation 4. It's one of those games I really enjoyed playing with Liam when he was young. It was yeah, it was good content. It wasn't you know, blood and guts and gore. It was going around collecting gems and flying and fire breathing and you know, cute stuff. And it was it was a really good entertaining game. That uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be good to see it come back out again. Um, and on a personal note, uh, you may have heard when we were talking earlier something falling over, and that was Star Lord. Um, I uh, had five below. I've got two Star Lord figures now. I don't actually really collect figures or anything like that, but I've got this nice figure that has uh, sounds. Haven't you ever heard of Star-Lord? It's called <laughs> a mixtape. Haven't you ever seen one? We've got incoming. It's time to rock. <laughs> it sounds like 25 phrases. Um, not a whole lot of articulation, um, but just enough where you can actually kind of pose them cool. It's got a tape deck that you can put a tape into and it plays three songs. It basically, it's just a little 
plastic thing. How big is it? How in. big is it? Um, I get it. Anyway, I'll take the tape out. It's about I don't know. <laughs> I'm terrible with measurements, but it's um it's a little bit shorter than my my previous one. Let me get my measuring stick out. Don't be rude. <laughs> I was like, oh great, go on. It stands uh he's twelve inches high. Wow, cranky. Yeah. yeah, and it was five bucks. Yeah. It was five wow. bucks at five below. And they'd actually advertised this before Christmas. And when, you know, for, well, for, for Christmas. And I got, I went there specifically to get it. And they didn't have it. And I was really kind of disappointed. I don't know why either that this, this one I like. But, uh, yeah, the other one's only about 10 and a half, uh, 11 and a half inches. This, this one's a bit taller, and like I said, it's not got a lot of articulation, but the the hands hold two guns, two blasters, and they move uh, all the way around. You can rotate them around, um, so that gives you kind of a different kind of, you know, so you can put the gun on an angle slightly, and you can raise the arm, raise and lower the arms, and there's a slight amount of articulation to the head. So and it it'll turn around you know 360 degrees, um, but you can cock it slightly to the side so you can kind of get some nice poses to it. And of course the sounds are nice and clear. I mean they're a lot better than the toys we used to have. Kids you know barely sounded like anything, but now you get these clear sounds that come from the movie. And yeah, it, it's a lot better than my original Star Lord that I that I got on clearance at Target. <laughs> shows, shows you how committed I am to collecting that I wait for everything to go on clearance. So, if you have a Five Below near you, and uh, you're a fan of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, this one goes along with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, um, the music that it plays and, and some of the uh, phrases are taken from there. So, But yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, they've even done stuff with the hair. Uh, because he's wearing the ma- his um, flight mask, so you can't actually see his head, his his face. But the hair on top, um, it's spiky. It's it's like tousled up because of the mask. Um, the previous one, it's just this flat molded piece that's molded off basically into the the mask plastic. You know, right. There's a de- def- there's a definite line, but you can tell it's still this from molded from the same piece of plastic. This almost gives you the impression that they put the mask on over the top, you know, and it made the hair stand up. It's it's really good. I'm really kind of I keep playing with it. <laughs> well, let's like, just give it. Callum says, "Is that your toy, Daddy?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> it is. It is my toy." He he still complains because I won't let him open. When I was in New Zealand, one of the few things I got was a, a Thunderbird 2. Oh. They had them They had them on clearance. <laughs> See a theme going here? But I, yeah. I, it was always my favorite ship. And so with the new series that they bought out, of course, all the toys were available in New Zealand because that's where the show was uh, made. It was made by uh, Weta. Is that um, the big green one, the transporter yeah, the one? the big green one. That was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it would come out of the thing and the... Trees would all fall down, yeah. and then it would tilt up, 
and and also when they were loading it with whatever cargo they needed the cargo pods would go underneath until it got to the right one and then it would come down and it would lock on and and off it would go i always thought it was great um and so when i saw it there on sale i'm like i have to have this it's still in the box and callum keeps coming in when are you going to play with this can we play with this why is it still in the box i mean i've been we went to New Zealand a year ago, and it's still in the box. <laughs> I may I may take it out and play with it now that I've taken Star Lord out and played with him. That sounds rude. Right. Uh, well, let me just give you, give a shout out for uh, for anybody who's listening who's on Facebook to ask to join our collective Facebook because uh, one of our members, it's Carl Carl Anthony, uh, he's got he he always puts regular postings up oh, of yes, the Carl. new figurines he's got. Fantastic! It's just the latest ones here on the February nineteenth of the uh, the worm W I R M from the Ark in Space and the spacesuit zombie from Oxygen and they absolutely look fabulous. I, th- I, th- I think those are the most recent two he's posted about, but I think I don't know he gets them every month or every couple of weeks. Uh, but he's very kindly sort of uh, shares images on the page there and they look in. Uh, Absolutely brilliant in terms of the the quality of uh, of the images. Uh, the, well, the, should I say the design of them and how, how they produce. And his photography I'm is great to... too. He does a he yeah. does a nice job of photographing them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's right, an I awful lot of stuff on there. Yeah, I think that's all all I have for news. I don't know if anybody thought of anything else. I've just found the, other, the the two before that was on uh, this month's figurines, uh, a patient from uh, uh, World Enough and Time, and Omega from the Ark of Infinity. Omega, don't <coughs> forget Omega. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. I uh, have we got a topic today? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> yes, we do have a topic. Um, but before we get to that, I've got a sound bite to play. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the Shoe Phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Okay, and posted with that comment in the Facebook page is pictures of Star-Lord that I was taking while I was talking. So, yeah, at least you know I'm paying attention to whatever Dave I was saying before I played that. But, okay. Yeah. Hello, this is uh, Winston Churchill here, or otherwise Ian McNeese. Saying, listen to the Coldham Collective Podcast. KBO, keep buggering on. Thank you. Oh, let's have a couple of others then. Fraser ah. Hines, and you're listening to the Coldown Collective Podcast. This is Anthony This Bird. is Daphne Ashbrook, and you are and listening Christine to the Coldham Collective Of the mythological dimensions of Neil Gaiman. And you're listening to the Coldham Collective. <laughs> 
Did we do two together then? Yes, we did. <laughs> Mix up now the nice and said, so they're in a big room in the party yeah. together. Did everybody. <laughs> yeah, they're all here. <laughs> oh, let's have one last one then. This is Colin Ford and you're listening to the Colton Podcast. Hey, uh, hey. Yay. Okay, well, um, we're almost up to an hour, so I think we'd better get on because um, what we're trying to talk about today and uh, hopefully uh, just reminisce a little bit, although uh, there's an awful lot to cover, we're talking Doctor Who, the Capaldi years. And uh, if I put a little wiki page link in there for the 12th Doctor, of course, uh, Peter Capaldi playing um, 35 stories, 40 episodes, but you'll be pleased I won't be playing 40 clips. Uh, series 8, Series 9, and Series 10. So that's from uh, 2014 to 2017. And um, he... Um, well, we had... A, uh, like they did with um, certain Oswald, uh, we got a little bit of a sneak preview of the uh, Doctor, the 12th Doctor, in the name of the Doctor. So let me just play a clip of that before, and I think we'd better give Mike the first shout on a few things, but here is the first instance when he becomes part of the canon. Morning, the War Council of Gallifrey. This is the Doctor. You might say, I've been doing this all my lives. Good luck. Standby. Ready? Commencing calculations. Turn me there. Cross the boundaries to divide one universe from another. Got a lock on his coordinates. And for my next trick, I didn't know what I was well off. All 12 of them. No, sir. Ah! All 13! Sir, the Daleks know that something is happening. They're increasing their firepower. one of the best clips you can have got to name the doctor <laughs> must be one of my favorite 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 episodes uh, uh really did uh, so um mike do you want to jump in early for us or uh, would you like to set a bit more of the scene sure i'll just go ahead and uh, mention here that neat thing with uh with capaldi his first the very first time we saw him as the doctor and the last time we saw him as the doctor was a close-up of his eyes that shot there in the day of the doctor and the very last shot of him as he was regenerating and twice upon a time was a close up of his eyes. So neat book ending there for the, for that, for that incarnation. And, uh, I just wanted to throw that in. You can continue setting the stage if you want. Yeah. A brilliant, uh, observation that thanks for that. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll play uh, just before we did it. Obviously, the, we couldn't review. Well, I certainly couldn't review all the stuff. But uh, I did go back and uh, watch Deep Breath. 
I was amazed at his hair. Uh, it was mm. quite a bit darker, very much shorter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, in this essence, uh, the thing I did like about it was uh, it was a fairly well-crafted version of the Twelfth Doctor there right from the start. Uh, obviously, with this slight uh, abuse, uh, amusement, not amusement, that's the wrong word, you know, confusion that comes about with actually uh, the regeneration process itself. But um, fairly, fairly quickly, you are into uh, the Doctor as you would uh, imagine him to be. And to that end, I'm going to play the um, first bit, and then I'm going to play a clip from the first story, Deep Breath. But this first clip is from uh, where he has become and regenerated. So I'll play two clips, Ian. No, no. So I'm in the uh, name of the Doctor, that was uh, 18th of May 2013. And then we see that that regeneration scene comes at the end of the time of the Doctor, which was the Christmas episode, uh, December the 25th, uh, 2013 as well. And then we don't uh, see him again until his first episode, Deep Breath, which is the start of Series 8, which is in the 23rd of August. Very funny time to start Doctor Who. We're still in the summer holidays here in the UK, but here's a clip from that, and then I'll see if Ian wants to make his first thoughts known. Well, well, what? He asked you a question. Will you help me? You shouldn't have been listening. I wasn't. I didn't need to. That was me talking. You can't see me, can you? You, you look at me and you, you can't see me. Do you have any idea what that's like? I'm not on the phone, I'm right here. Standing in front of you. Please, just... Just see me. I, I, I don't think that I'm a hugging person now. I'm not sure you're going to vote. Whatever you say. Uh, and uh, I'm going to obviously play these clips, not to tell the story of these episodes. I just try to pick representative clips and the shorter ones. And the reason I picked that is because it's towards the end of Deep Breath. Uh, and they're just coming to terms with one another. 
And the reference that Clara makes there is thank you for phoning me, is in that episode, uh, the uh, previous incarnation of the Doctor, the 11th Doctor, talks uh, on the phone to accept what is coming, uh, which is supposed to be a, a phone call he made just prior to regenerating. So uh, I've tried to pick sort of scenes that are uh, wordy ones because some of the clips, of course, are all action. Ian, do you want to uh, start any thoughts that you have on on this period of Doctor Who? Yeah. Um, well, it was one of the things that's like, like... The one thing I liked about Matt Smith was I didn't know who the hell he was. So I had no preconceived ideas of like, oh, he's going to play at this or that or the other. Um, Peter Capaldi I had seen somewhat. Um, of course, I'd seen him in Torchwood. I did watch some episodes of, was it the Thin Blue Line? No. Mm, no. Uh, oh, what's the, the Thick of It. The Thick of It. The Thick of It, that's it. That's the second time I've done that with that, that the Thin Blue Line. There was something else I was talking to Dave about, but yeah, anyway. Um, so I'd watched a bit in that as well. And none of the problems that I have with Doctor Who during his tenure have anything to do with him. But I, I, you know, going back to that first clip you played, that was that was one of those nice little tricks that they did. That um, kind of like when we first met Clara, you know, um, in Asylum of the Daleks. It was one of those neat little things where, for once, we got surprised by something, um, and it was nice. I really enjoy, I really enjoy surprises. You know, um, I remember with Asylum of the Daleks sitting there with uh dm walling and we just looked at each other because we megan had no idea you know we just looked at each other is that is that is that <laughs> it was fantastic and it's the same with this it's like and they showed the eyebrows of capaldi which of course went on to become you know i mean those eyebrows have a life of their own um, a nice memory for you that with diane yeah yeah <clears throat> that was good um but uh yeah um you know because uh, when we get a new doctor, there's always that reaction of like, am I going to like him, her, you know, uh, is, is this going to be my doctor? How do I feel about this? I mean, I've watched them, most of them. I'm I'm, I'm still catching up on some of the early doctors because I wasn't alive when, you know, they were first on the screen, like Dave. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate any doctor. Um, but I, I did really like Capaldi for more reasons, of course, than his performance. But uh, I'll ramble too much, and I'll stop there because you know there's there's more. Dave's got more clips. Well, I'll play a clip, and then we'll go back to Mike because uh, th there's no way we can uh, sum it all in one. But hopefully, sure. the people listening will get the sentiment of how we're thinking about it. Uh, this right. is a clip from uh, what? What? The clip from the Dalek. Let's do it. Journey. Uncle Morgan. I have transmitted a retreat signal. The Daleks will believe the humans have initiated the ship's self-destruct. What about you, Rusty? I must go with them. Of course you must. You've unfinished work, haven't you? Victory is yours. 
but it does not please you. You looked inside me and you saw hatred. That's no victory. Victory would have been a good Dalek. I am not a good Dalek. You are a good Dalek. Now, I picked that clip because we had all this um, thing starting, didn't we? And, uh, to, to be honest, it went on a little bit too long for me, but this uh, this uh, belly button searching of this particular doctor um, in terms of am I a good man and he's asking for reassurance. Now, I accepted it in as much as the way I was thinking of it is that this was not just a, a new regeneration, uh, but the energy that uh, was brought through the crack so that the 11th Doctor, who, who by the way, as we know, uh, 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 thought that he was at the end of his regenerations. He'd stayed on that uh, Christmas world for hundreds of years. He'd sent Clara away, but then before the TARDIS uh, dematerialized, she came back again and twos and fro's. And then we had all that debate of just how old the Doctor was because he, he'd been... Um, um, 1200 years old and suddenly we're thinking well he must be nearly 2000 years old um but the 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 way i took it was that um this was you know a real seismic change because it it, it wasn't just regeneration energy for one regeneration it was basically perhaps a whole new slew maybe an unlimited number of uh, them although indeed uh, watching that uh, time of the Doctor one, I thought it it expended all the extra energy on defeating the fleet, but mm. um, uh, so it was a little bit of confusion, and we, and I think we did voice our concerns when we were doing the reviews of these. We did the reviews uh, usually the following uh, day that they came out here in the UK. Uh, we did have this idea that there was a little bit too much naval gazing with that. Uh, let me jump to. Uh, listen, which was um, the next one, and then we'll all have another little say. There are accounts of that dream throughout human history, time and time again, the same dream. Now, there is a very obvious question I'm about to ask you. Do you know what it is? Have you had that dream? Exactly. No, that was me asking you. Have you had that dream? I asked first. No, I did. <laughs> you really didn't. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yes. Everybody dreams about something under the bed. Why? Hold on tight. If anything bites, let it. What is it? TARDIS telepathic interface. You are now in mental contact with the TARDIS, so I don't think anything rude. Why not? It might end up on all of the screens. The TARDIS is extrapolating your entire timeline from the moment of your birth to the moment of your death. Which I do not need a preview of. Turning off the safeguards and navigation. Slaving the TARDIS to you. Focus on the dream. Focus on the details. Picture them. Feel them. The TARDIS will track on your subconscious and extract the relevant information. It should be able to home in on the moment in your timeline when you first have that dream. And then, we'll see. What will we see? What's under your bed? Such an expressive voice, Ian. Yes. I hated that episode, though. <laughs> right. Well, let me... Pl I'll play another clip, then, because this is one, I think that you like because of a certain little group that's on it. Your train awaits, my lady. Wonderful. 
the baggage car. But thanks for lying. The real wonderful is through here. There were many trains to take the name Orient Express, but only one. In space. <laughs> of course it is. Completely faithful recreation of the original Orient Express, except slightly bigger, and in space. Oh, and the rails are actually hyperspace ribbons, but in every other respect, identical. Painstaking attention to detail. Most of the time. You're doing it again. but you're sad. It's confusing. It's like two emotions at once. It's like you're malfunctioning. Sorry. I just thought that this would be a good one, too. And yeah. yeah. It is. It's a good choice. Good one to end up. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is when we thought Clara was going to be leaving. Ian, yeah. that was one of yours you liked, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I, I loved the music in that. <laughs> uh, that was Foxes doing uh, a remake of a Queen song. Um, Don't Stop Me Now. Um, I, think it, I think it's the title. Or is it... Um... Yeah, I think, I think you're <laughs> correct. Yeah, but uh, it's a great track. Um, normally, it's like... And I, I, I grew up loving Queen. And uh, so for somebody to touch Queen... Yeah, it's going to be good. And that was, uh, I mean, I listened to it a lot when I first found out that, that, that you know, she'd done it. And I was like, this is awesome. So that's one of the things that really kind of sets that episode up um, is that, and it's not a bad, um, not a bad episode. The, 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 con, not the conductor, what was he, the engineer? Frank, Frank Skinner was playing that part. Yeah. yeah. From um, Room 101. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've started watching on YouTube. Thanks to Dave, <laughs> and I was like, I've been staring at Perkins. it and wondering, like, why did why does he look familiar? Because I haven't watched this before, and now just sitting here, and you're like, it was Frank. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like the only problem with the engineer character is too much emphasis was put on him, and you got the feeling he was going to yeah, crop up again, well, and he didn't. And the thing is, he was actually cut quite brilliant, and it's like. I wish a little more had been made of it, or I don't know. You know, we keep asking Moffat to do things, and then when he does things, he screws them up. So, yeah, it's, anti-Moffat. It's, it's just there was there was my problem with the Moffat era is that there were just too many things that he tried to do that he failed at, or just quit trying to do, and it just left you feeling kind of empty that that you know there was no payoff. At least even if it's a bad payoff, pay it off. You know. Close the book and be done, and but yeah. But yeah, he seemed to be here. playing him so secretively, and he seemed to know about the mechanics of the TARDIS under the floor, yeah. didn't he? And you're thinking, yeah. is this another Time Lord, or is, is he like uh, the Master, or uh, 
or uh, even the meddling monk or something like that. Yeah. There were all sorts of things flying around. Very scary episode as well. And also we found an awful lot about the, the, the this doctor's attitude because uh, he, he goes to one person and says, uh, tell me everything, tell me everything. It won't save you, but it might help someone else. You know, yeah. completely ignorant of the fact that, you are what will save me? <laughs> um, yeah. Very scary. And the... I thought the only thing that's small for me about this episode is that in the teaser they showed it was in space. I think they should have kept the teaser as though it looked like the Orient Express and not reveal it flying through space. I, I right. don't know about you guys. Uh, when did this go? October, 11th of October 2014. Uh, so, um, yeah, and, and I think it got pretty high. Uh, Rating. Mike, do you want to jump in on this one or not? Yeah, as I, as I just mentioned here in chat, I'm listening to these clips, and the one thing that I keep noticing is these episodes are completely forgettable. There's nothing worth going back to rewatch these episodes. I mean, okay, going back to leading up to the, the August of when this series started, the one thing that I remember and one thing that affected a lot of how I viewed the first part of the series, of course, this this episode is past that point, but there was the fa- there was the infamous leak of episodes, pre-episode edits, and the oh, scripts yes. were leaked. And I, and I, 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 someone passed those along to me, and I read the scripts, and I was reading them in order, and I was done reading deep breath, and then I saw a lot of commotion on on social media about you gotta read, listen, it's terrible, it's horrible, it's atrocious, it's the worst thing Moffat's ever done. So I skipped ahead and read, listen, and then people, and then I saw the, all the conversation was on the last little bit of the episode. And it's the bit in the episode where, if you were, apparently it's Moffat using Clara to make the the kid doctor become, give him the ideas to become the the the, the beliefs or whatever to become the doctor the 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 whole moral code or whatever, and it's Clara shaping the kid to become the doctor, and it's just yet again Moffat claiming more of the sh- of the past of the show as as his own, and it's at that point. That you know, at that point I was already done with Moffat. You know, we had we had, we had, had name of name of the Doctor with the whole fracturing of Clara and all of that, and I was done with that character, and I was done with Moffat. But I I decided going into the series, you know, it's a new it's a new lead actor. It's Peter Capaldi. I I liked him from the thick of it. I would give him a chance, even knowing it's the same showrunner. I could pretty much know what to expect, and it's that whole mentality of if you go into something expecting to not like it. Guess what? It's not a surprise what you're going to see, what you're going to think. And I gave up. I, I watched this whole this whole series, but I remember even pointing out here in Coltham Collective that after what was it? What was the last episode of the series? Dark Water or Death in Heaven or whatever? Dark, it was, well, yeah, was, those were those were the last two. Yeah, I'll play yeah. Death in Heaven in a minute, but Dark Water yeah. and Death in Heaven, yeah. I remember just giving up at that point. It's 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 a bit of what you mentioned, Ian, with Moffat trying so many ideas and never going through with them. Russell right. T. Davies had some bad was not good at concluding his his plots, but he did it in spectacular fashion. I mean, they were fun to watch. Uh, Journey's End, Stolen Earth, Journey's End are fun episodes to watch, but they're just so so self-referential that it's <laughs> you got to be a fan of the show to especially enjoy Journey's End with all those returning characters and references. Uh, but this, 
it was just un just unenjoyable and just I remember a lot of the talk about foxes doing doing the cover of that of that Queen song, but I don't really remember much else about it. I don't really remember the. Pl- I just remember just not enjoying it. And again, the whole going into it with that mentality, I guess, didn't help. But it just. And and the other thing is the the other thing to just go ahead and get out of the way is that Capaldi didn't have a chance to shine as the Doctor until. Jenna Coleman left, and that was because how Moffat wrote the story, wrote the or handled the, the the series, is that Clara was the focus. And again, there's a whole discussion over whether or not that the companion should be the focus. Should the companion have more weight in the story than the Doctor, even though the show is called Doctor Who and the Doctor is the main character? Do we see through the companion's eyes? Uh, yeah, but not to the point where the Doctor is just merely a footnote in his in his own show. He's just along for the ride, and we barely know the character. He, all of my knowledge of who the who Capaldi is as the Doctor comes from series ten, when Coleman General Coleman is not on the show anymore. When Capaldi is able to be the Doctor without all of this overbearing Clara nonsense. So there are reasons why I gave up. And uh, yeah, I absolutely understand that. I mean, the, the fact that to me, Clara is such a marvellous uh, companion, uh, sort of, uh, you know, was the balancing thing for that. But a couple of things I just want to mention is, first of all, like in this, we get this sense of, of course, that uh, Stephen Moffat's going to go on and bring his Sherlock and things. We uh, This is... Oh, all right, it's, it's mummy on the Orange Express, but it, it, it's got this sort of detective feel to it. Uh, we also have, through this series, the fact that Clara, you know, has a boyfriend, she has a life. Uh, this this was carried on, of course, um, uh, with Bill later, in a, you know, of the companion having a, li- a life outside being with the Doctor. But the other thing is, um, Missy was introduced as well. We had a, uh, there was an awful lot going on, and talk about you know uh first of all it was a, like a was it like a mary poppins character ian to start with and uh, and we had little little things slipped on at the end of episodes yeah there was all these little uh, bits and it's like I, I, pretty quick i think people like twigged that it was going to be the master um but yeah those again it was i kind of have to well, reluctantly agree with mike because like things got better once clara left <laughs> right. Let me play the last clip from this series before we go on to series nine then. I am not a good man. I am not a bad man. I am not a hero. I'm definitely not a president. And no, I'm not an officer. Do you know what I am? I am an idiot with a box. And a screwdriver passing through, helping out, learning. I don't need an army. I never have, because I've got them. Always them. Because love is not an emotion. Love is a promise. And he will never hurt her. P-Cat! You didn't notice, did you? While you were doing all your silly orders, while you were showing off the one soldier not obeying. No, that's wrong. That's impossible. Rain will not fall. Oh? Why won't it? The clouds will burn. And who will burn them? I will burn them. 
how? I will burn. One burning Cyberman is hardly going to save the planet. Correct. Now, I don't know whether we even want to mention about the... Uh, uh, did I mention the Brigadier's name? Uh, do we want to go into that or should we swiftly pass on? Let's... let's <laughs> Forget that that ever happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, we think Missy, uh, she was standing at a gravestone, she suddenly disappeared, and I was thinking that Charlie's was that, uh, and then there was a whole uh, dishonouring the Brigadier's memory with that. So let, let's start. Um, I don't know whether we want to even talk about Last Christmas, although, again, I liked it. I believe the background to that was that Clara was going to leave uh, the series, uh, and... The final scene, I think, was either rewritten or they persuaded to stay on. Uh, yeah, I will skip over that one, Mike. But um, uh, that was really what was was happening with it. So I'm going to jump past that and uh, let's move on to the the um, in the series nine, which starts. And then let's give a, a quick list because we're not going to go through them all. But it starts off with the magician's apprentice, then the witch is familiar under the lake before the flood. Uh, the uh, then the girl who died, the woman who lived, the Zygon two-parter, sleep no more, the the utterly utterly uh, devastated for me. Face the Raven, which I loved, but uh, and then Heaven sent Hell bent. But let's have a, a little clip from uh, the, um, the 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 which is familiar. In fact, I'll play two after one another in, uh, to get us into it. Daleks have sewers. With one significant difference, being they're ever so slightly alive. The what? How much of a drop would you say that is? Can you see the bottom? It's too dark. Um, we could check a stone down or something. Oh, yeah, good idea. <laughs> 20 feet. Well, the real question is, where did I get a cup of tea? Answer. I'm the doctor. Just accept it. You are unharmed. Proposition. Davros is an insane, paranoid genius who has survived among several billion trigger-happy mini-tanks for centuries. Conclusion. I'm definitely having his chair. You cannot escape, doctor. I'm guessing that his personal force field only works in one direction. The doctor does not use weapons. Doesn't he? Yeah, doesn't he? Let's play the one, because this is sort of showing the funny side of it, because there was this bit of a dichotomy going on uh, with some of the episodes where I thought they were getting a bit silly, but then there were some really serious, thoughtful moments. This is one of the funnier ones, Ian. And the doctor? Do doctor! Doctor! I'm a robber! Have you taken anything for it? <laughs> uh, doctor, doctor! <laughs> Quick, man! I'm running out of patience! <laughs> Have you ever seen a sidekick so old? I'm not a sidekick. He's so old, he farts stuff! <laughs> <laughs> and his nose is so big that they'll have to widen the noose! <laughs> oh, well, barely a minute, pin a minute! You know what they say? Big nose? Oh. Big handkerchief! <laughs> Doctor, don't leave me hanging. I have a pardon here for Sam Smith from Cromwell himself. 
Uh, any comments on how they were trying to develop the Doctor in terms of, uh, you know, from this sort of uh, ragged, ragged and whatever you at sackcloth and ashes to um, some very light-hearted episodes? I mean, uh, we, we'd had the one with the, where he was going to in uh, Robot of Sherwood, where he was going to attack our fight with the spoon, and then we had this silly humour in here and uh, a few other scenes. How, how did you think by now we were getting into Series 9? How did you feel as though uh, the 12th Doctor was developing here? Hello? Mute switch? Yeah, yeah. I'm cleaning my desk while I'm working. Well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be... It's cleaning day around this house, so it's like, you know... It shows that I did something while I was in here. Wait, people <laughs> multitask while talking on this show? No, not at all. People often take the garbage out when David's talking, but, you know, that's another what? <laughs> Never been so insulted. Yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> I've done it many a time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, there was definitely some... Humor added in. Uh, I, I kind of like this this particular episode for that reason, and that you know, but it did seem a little weird that there was this section of history that the Doctor had never really looked at. You know, that is like, you know, no, there is no Robin Hood or Robin of Sherlock, depending on who you are. You actually said it right this time, Dave. I was going to congratulate you, but I was muted. So. Yeah, the, that that second clip, of course, was from uh, the woman who lived where we've moved on from there. But yeah, right. But uh, the the yeah, the end of that one wasn't particularly good. The the firing the arrow into the ship. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. But you know, overall, I like the I kind of like the humor in that. It was it to me. It seems kind of uh, very Tom Bakerish. You know, he didn't really take too much stuff seriously in that episode. It was actually really kind of, yeah, it was kind of neat. Um, yeah. Okay. Mike, to go wanna... too far. I'm trying not to jump ahead on things. and trying to... Right, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, again, we were also into this uh, 90s where we had uh, me introduced uh, and uh, the whole play on the name that... Um, that came because we, we'd had a, a few things that uh, went into that let me well, but you know let me play one more bit because this is uh, there, there was the two-parter that was uh, actually got quite a lot of uh, praise I think the Zygon invasion Zygon inversion and there were a couple of really intense scenes uh, with Dr. and well Clara's te the the Zygon version of the uh, of Clara and mm -hmm. um, uh, in the second one, we had um, the Doctor making a really great speech. and it, it, This was where we were getting a bit of gravitas from uh, Peter Capaldi oh. in the part. Do you ever think he is? It's just a fancy word for changing your mind. I will not change my mind. Then you will die stupid. Alternatively, you could step away from that box. You could walk right out of that door. And you could stand your revolution down. No. I'm not stopping this, Doctor. I started it. I will not stop it. You think they'll let me go after what I've done? You're all the same, you screaming kids. You know that? 
Look at me. I'm unforgivable. Well, here's the unforeseeable. I forgive you. After all you've done. I forgive you. You don't understand. You will never understand. I don't understand. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Of course I understand. I mean, you call this a war, this funny little thing? This is not a war. I fought in a bigger war than you will ever know. I did worse things than you could ever imagine. When I closed my eyes, I hear more screams than anyone could ever be able to count. I don't know what you do with all that pain. Shall I tell you where you put it? You hold it tight. Shall it burns your hands. And you say this. No one else will ever have to live like this. No one else will ever have to feel this pain. Not on my watch. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Ninth Doctor in the episode Dalek, that where, you know, really a wounded soul. Right. Any comments on that? That clipper, maybe? Mike? As I put in chat there, everything from last from last Christmas to whatever was right before Face the Raven, I've no comment on. I've never seen. Sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, well, this actually this this that that particular speech did go down very very well with just about everybody who everybody who watched it anyway. <laughs> um, it's been oft repeated around the internet as you know as a great speech against war. You know. Um, and it's really kind of cool when something like that gets um, takes on a life of its own. Um, you know, for once we had something that was just brilliantly written and then, of course, brilliantly delivered by Peter Capaldi. And it just becomes this thing that just takes on a life of its own. And, and it's great when your heroes can do that. And, you know, I'm sure there was a certain amount of Let's try and do a big speech, but I don't think until they get it on camera that they you know, know what this is going to be. And yeah, it's it is a great a great moment and in a couple of all right episodes. Yeah, uh, what, what I liked about it was the um, in the previous one, the Clara had done the the speech uh, and he'd been reacting to it, and the same. Uh, with this one when he's speaking and the pair are working together it's not like one one actor standing looking at the fingernails while the other one you know does his right. big bit and chews the furniture um you know the, the 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 synergy between the two enhances the the the, the bravado and the speech and the and so on so i think that was great i want to just play what i thought now was um one of Clara's best scenes. Well, some people will say best scenes because she she passed away and died. Did we say spoilers at the beginning of all this? Yeah. I think I think people knew that. Anyway, um, and then after that we'll go on to the next series when uh, we'll talk about one of Darth's favourite episodes. But this is because um, we'll skip a couple of the ones. But this is from Face the Raven. Uh, where it, there we are. Don't run. Sarah. 
Say that that's been undermined since it happened uh, with, uh, with with what went on following that. But to me, that that doesn't detract from how it was portrayed at the time, uh, and I thought it was was brilliant. And and also people might say, well, it's time Clara went or whatever. But and I, even though I I love her as a companion, I feel as though actually that that was probably the high point, and that's when. You know some of these other things that happened. Of course, the series goes on and ends with her and me going off in another TARDIS, and uh, uh, people getting upset because is this trying to be another spin-off? Is it you know devaluing things? I don't think it would have worked as a spin-off because there you had me who 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 was living forever, living forever, and there was uh, Clara who was in that last heartbeat, uh, basically timeless. Um, you can't base the series on that because nobody could kill them. Um, it, it, it sounds a great idea, but that's why Superman has kryptonite uh, that affects him because otherwise you don't have a story. There's no jeopardy. Um, but I still love that moment. Um, and uh, I, and the acting, I, I thought, with these two uh, is absolutely been superb. So, um, Ian, I don't you want to, uh, I know what my thoughts are on that. You can say them if he wishes, but Ian, any thoughts? Because I think you were quite moved by that sequence. No, actually, I wasn't. I was glad to see the back of her. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, really, it was it was uh, the closest I've got to being Mike. Um, I didn't like me either. I thought, yeah. She was annoying. I don't really. I mean, yeah. the actress has done nothing wrong to me, but I just don't. I did not like her in the show at all. Um, More famous in like Game the, of Thrones, of course, by yeah. lots of people. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that, so I you know couldn't really say. Yeah, it. yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just not pleased with that. And then, of course, I find it very difficult to ignore the fact that um, they undermine the whole thing just moments later. You know, yeah, um, and it and it all just goes away, magically. Just oh, yeah, forget it. She didn't really die. Um, and we've done that so many times, and it's just like it. It was just annoying, really. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's really yeah. all I have to say about that. Yeah, it was Maisie Williams, the actress, by the way, who played uh, right. the shoulder. Shoulder, yeah. So, um, 
that. Again, I'm going to let Mike jump in if he wants to speak and not. I, I was going to actually, because we've got so much to cover, I was actually going to skip the next trip because we, then we had a very strange thing happen because we had, uh, we're now getting up towards the end of the, uh, 2015. We had the Christmas special after Hellbent, which was the Husbands of River Song. And then we had a whole year till December the 2016 with the return of Dr. Mysterio. Now, I'm not saying those are not worth talking about, but we did do commentaries on those, and those have just gone up fairly recently on our feeds, Ian. So right. I think time would be better just referring people to that. And I'd like to um, move to um, to um, the pilot. Uh, right, let me just... Uh, I'm trying to get to the... So I'm jumping my clips. <laughs> um, you say you're going to let me jump in. <laughs> yeah, jump in. Yeah, jump in if you want to. All right. So, of course, I mentioned how there's most of Series 9 I skipped because I had no interest. And let's be honest, I the reason I watched Face the Raven was because on the face of it, I I had already heard that hey it's going to be the episode where where Clara is killed off as a companion and so I was finally I, I wanted to see that character's last episode and move on beyond that and yeah the the finale the Hellbent episode just undoes that and just <laughs> makes it so much more annoying but I will say this Heaven uh, the the episode that comes between those Heaven Sent the writing on that is kind of dumb the story's kind of not really that good once you rewatch it, but it heaven sent is a great episode. If only for Peter Capaldi's acting, he finally gets an episode and hey, it's an episode on it on his own. I don't think there's any other characters in the entire story. Coleman makes some appearances in it, but does she speak? I think she may speak at the end, towards the end of the episode, but it's mainly just Peter Capaldi acting on his own. And he's phenomenal. That's, one of his best episodes as the Doctor. And it's just that glimpse that we have that if Capaldi had been given better material, he could have been he could have been one of the biggest one of the best incarnations of the Doctor. And I guess that's one of my big things about his tenure as the Doctor is that he could have been one of the best. He could have been the new Tom Baker or David Tennant or whatever or, or you know, whatever defining version of the Doctor you're going with. He could have been one of those. But the material never lived up to it. He never had material that was worth it in the end. Heaven Sent is the closest to that. And it's an enjoyable episode. It's pretty much the only episode of the Moffat er- of the of his years that's it's uh, it's on that short list of episodes that are worth rewatching. Yeah, very very clever episode, very well constructed. Uh yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for that. That's that's a good point. Okay, so let's move on to the pilot, which I think Darth was very pleased with because he, he he got the Doctor playing the guitar again. And this is the bit where, at this point, um, it's very... You don't know who's... From which viewpoint to follow this episode because uh, the Doctor walks into this diner and um, you, you don't know who knows what about whom. But as we now know, of course, the Doctor had Clara wiped from his mind. Here we go. So this is somewhere else. This is a different planet. Not Earth, a different one. That's a general idea. I think I've skipped one there, haven't I? I think I've skipped one there, guys. 
Good. I thought that was the the pilot. Yeah, right? that's what we're up to. Yeah, that but the yeah, but the pilot is um, we've got. I, I thought I was playing the uh, the clip from the the cafe where um, basically what happens is that uh, Clara gives him the um, the TARDIS uh, back. Um, now why have I missed that one up? Let's let's go with this anyway. We we need to move on. We're, so yeah. we're at uh, series ten. The pilot and we'll play it. So this is somewhere else. This is a different planet. Not Earth, a different one. That's a general idea. That's different sky. Is it made of something different? What is sky made of? Lemon drops. Really? No, but wouldn't that be nice? You can be very silly sometimes, you know that. So how do we know this water thing is actually dangerous? Ah, uh, because most things are. Oh, that's true. Why? Is everything out here evil? Hardly anything is evil. But most things are hungry. Hunger looks very like evil from the wrong end of the cutlery. Or do you think that your bacon sandwich loves you back? So what is it? What was it doing on Earth? Well, there were scorch marks on the concrete where we found it. Could have been left by a shuttlecraft. The puzzle. What did it look like? I mean, if that was a car, what would you say that was? An oil leak? So it's... Space engine oil. Intelligent oil. Super intelligent space oil. No. Part of the ship itself. Shape-shifting fluid that becomes anything it needs to be. Okay, and we had um, uh, Nardole returning from Husbands of River Song. Right. Uh, and we had uh, the new uh, companion, Bill. We have the doctor in residence at university. He'd been, uh, what, 50 years plus, And he's guarding something. And uh, I seem to remember most of the talk that we had was speculation that what was inside the box and also uh, liking Bill as a companion. Either of those things that you want to go on? Uh, were you glad to see Nardle back? Or did you, had you thought of him as a throwaway character? Or did you think it linked it in nicely? Uh, uh, how, how do we feel? I mean... Uh, Ian, or Me Mike? Or Mike, whichever. I'm a bit worried about asking Mike now. <laughs> no, I'll go ahead and, and talk here. Series Series Ten. I decided to you know give give a try. It was a new companion. It was Stephen Moffat's last series, so I knew that anything that he was starting would probably not last, would not stick. And of course, we're we still yet to see that with uh, Chibnall's first series still months away, but. Um, so I decided to, to give this a try, and the pilot was an enjoy. It's it, it was a, it was an enjoyable episode. I you can see how Moffat was structuring this to be sort of a standalone series, but then even though it was, it, even though we had that idea, it became sort of not just wrapped up with connected with everything else. So it wasn't so standalone after all. But uh, Bill, I liked that character as a companion. Um, it it's. I, I'll, I'll just say I was glad to get back into Doctor Who for this series. It's just a lot of the episodes were not that were not that memorable. But the character, it was more the characters that were the Bill and the Doctor that companionship that was more memorable than anything else. Ian, um, I thought this was great. I mean, we've we've finally got rid of Clara. Not that I don't like her, but it's just what they turned her into. That's that's all I have to say. 
Um, which is a phrase I keep saying, but I keep saying more. But, you know, um, right. this was a really good restart. You know, it was almost like a pilot episode. Um, you know, we get this reintroduction of the Doctor. The Doctor's been doing something a little different. He's got a secret down in the basement. Um, we've got really uh, a great companion, I found, um, that unfortunately was, you know, a one-series companion. It's like, come on! But, you know, sometimes, in order to appreciate things, they have to go away. Um, but no, this was a great start. Um, and uh, really enjoyed this. And, of course, from this comes the uh, off-trotted-out uh, phrase, like a penguin with his arse on fire. <laughs> so I have a lot to be thankful for when it comes to this episode. <laughs> no, I thought this was a really great start. And, uh, yeah, I, I this is where things kind of got back to normal for me. Um, I started enjoying the show a lot more. Um, I mean, I watched everything. Don't get me wrong. And there was some that I loved, some that I hated. Um, but this series, I can actually see myself rewatching without too much, you know, oh, I'll skip this one or I'll skip that one. I think that, you know, we got off to a good start and it, it continued. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I should have mentioned, each of these series, 8, 9, and 10, um, only had 12 episodes. So we dropped off. Because remember, originally there were 13 episodes, and then Steve Avis was told, "Oh, uh, he has to do a, a Christmas special," but didn't get any more money, so they they had to find ways of having like Doctor Light episodes and so on to to have the funds to do the Christmas one, and then the Christmas one was an hour long or whatever. Uh, by the time we get to this, these uh, eight, nine, and ten. Uh, they'd realised that the budget wouldn't stretch that far, so they'd drop one off. And I believe as going forward with the, the next is, uh, we're going to be down to 10 and um, other changes, presumably because the budget couldn't go up, something else had to give. Uh, but with this week, I think they knocked it out of the park with the first three episodes. I'm going to skip, smile, and play a clip from Thin Eyes at the moment. But we were also back a little bit... Uh, into the routine of um, you know going into the future with smile and then going back into history with the uh, thin ice which had been how we'd gone back you know with the uh, with earlier stories where you know we did it that, that flip-flopping and the, the braces and so on so here's a clip from uh, thin ice and uh, well let's just play it I need you to leave the talking to me why because you have a temper Okay, well, I lost it a tiny bit. You're about to meet a man, alien or otherwise, for whom human beings are raw material. Who grinds up children for profit. What we're here for is one thing, information. You get that with diplomacy and tax charm, if necessary. Okay. I get it. Always remember, Bill. Passion fights, but reason wins. Dr. Disco from the Fairford Club. Obviously, one aspires to membership, but to actually be considered for... Who... Who let this creature in here? On your feet, girl! In the presence of your betters! He's human. 
31 years of age, low and iron. Yeah, that was pretty convincing racism for an extraterrestrial. My thoughts exactly. Oh, hello. Uh, can I just say this is very unlike me. I, I don't normally do this. Uh, yeah, he was aiming for charming. Basically. Now, I'm sure you've got comments about that one. I think that was one of your favourite clips, Ian, wasn't it? No? You may have had to step away a moment. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I'm uh, muted again. I'm oh, muted again, oh. sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favourite bits. Uh, I actually liked this entire episode. Again, it was more like regular Doctor Who. The Doctor and companion arrive at something that's going to be fun. And then they discover that there's something else going on, and I don't know. It just it just really felt like a you know, there was no underlying issues, no story arcs. It was just a fun adventure, and yeah, this was one of my favorite bits, of course, when the Doctor just <laughs> wallops him, and I loved it. I was like. Especially with the setup before when he's, he's well, you, you, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, and then he just like I'll, I'll, lays him out. Like, yep, like that. That was brilliant. And yeah, that was, that was, that was a plus. It really kind of fit the old remit of the show of being, um, you know, teaching kids oh, about history. You you learned about had, the CrossFit. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. I thought that was something they invented for, for TV. I thought that, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that wouldn't have ever happened. Oh, it did. I had no idea that the Thames would freeze over like that and that they would have a frost fair. Like, how brilliant were they? they yeah. you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to do that these days. I mean, if, the, if it did freeze over, there'd be all sorts of health and safety regs and, and you know, You'd probably be able to step on the the edge right by the bank, you know, for like two seconds, and then you had to get off, you know. Yeah, but, yeah I, I love flow. that, and it 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 showed me something new because I I looked as soon as it was over, I looked up Frost Bear, and I'm like, oh my god, they're real. Yeah, I, I should give a shout out. I mean, we've done all commentaries on these, but I think we really we really had fun setting up the start of that on our commentary. Uh, so uh, if you see our commentaries, love the one on thin ice because uh, I think it took about five minutes our little intro at the beginning. Good fun because we had Perry on that with us as well. As uh, like, it was good. Yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to that one because I can't ever remember what we did now because you know I'm usually drunk at that point. Yeah, you were the director. You were you were. Uh, oh really? Giving us part. where we come on to get parts and what can you and Mike was a sword swallower and things like that. It was good fun. Uh. Yeah, I made a point to remember that. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Mike, uh, any thoughts on this particular one? Or the, the beginning of the series, at least? Cause it, did you think it felt, started off strongly? I think this is... I'll, I'll agree with Ian on this. Uh, this episode, it, it felt like, at least the, the premise of Doctor Who, of the Doctor and a companion going on an adventure and in some, into, into Earth's past and meeting course uh, sort of the, the later re- revised historical adventure adventures always had an alien threat so there was an alien threat and uh the scene in this episode that i always remember is the uh the scene where where the doctor punched that guy and the reason and and your your the clip that you played omitted that but the, the speech that the doctor gave uh, there was a there's a speech that the doctor gave that was very 
very well done, very well acted, very well spoken, and just the one, for me the the most memorable part of the, the that episode, that entire scene there. And yeah, it, I had no idea of the the frost fairs. That was something that I thought that that I learned about. And I can just imagine that after this episode, there were a lot of people checking Wikipedia or whatever to find out. Is, was, was this an actual thing Did that actually happened? That's pretty pretty neat. So again, a neat little aspect of the show. Yeah, apologies. For, I mean, I, I've, as well as picking ones that I know that certain people liked, I, I, I kept the shorter ones. Uh, then we then we seem to pl- plateau a little bit on this uh, story because we had, um, you know, we had uh, knock knock, which we all thought had. Uh, some flaws about it, but it, it, again, it, at least it brought back this idea that the companion, you know, uh, what, what's the doctor doing here, interfering with the life of the student friends and so on, mm. uh, and that was that. Uh, then we had uh, Oxygen, Space One, which was a bit hit and miss, an extremis. Um, then we had um, this three-parter, as it was, with the, the pyramids and the monks, and I, I'm going to skip past that, if I may, because really, the the it wasn't that the story was a bad story. It it just felt as though they'd, uh, you know, they had the props, they had the sets. Uh, we can get three episodes out of this. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're back on budget. Um, so I'm going to jump all the way to um, Empress of Mars because there's a. I'm going to play the clip right from the end because there was a nice little surprise for some people, and let's hear that. There we are. Uh, I've sent out a sort of a, a wrong robin email. All being well, the first intelligence space-going system will be in touch fairly soon. Thank you, Doctor. Mars is dead, but the Ice Warriors will live on. Will they make it? Oh, yes. In fact, this might be the beginning of the Martian Golden Age. Are you receiving us? Mars, are you receiving this? is Iraxa, Queen Empress of Mars. Ah, excellent. We have received details of your situation. We would be happy to send a fleet to your aid at once. A physical marker of some sort would be appreciated to guide our ships. To whom am I speaking? This is Alpha Centauri. Welcome to the universe. And, of course, um, that was the return of somebody all the way all the way back to the third doctor i think um alpha centauri anything want to comment on that were you aware of that ian and at the time oh yeah yes oh yeah 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 yeah. um that was something that you know well i was aware of who alpha centauri was so it was a great little thing at the end and go yes um the episode itself was not without some problems. Um, there was some really good stuff. Uh, the the one of the one of the bad points was the 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 Ice Warriors guns that turned them into rubber bounce that turned their enemies into rubber bouncy balls um, was just silly. Um, it's one of those things that you know if they could take it back they should. Um, let's walk that one back. Um, but it was interesting to, to to see about like you know they, they I don't want to say steampunk but it's like this you know again this this thing where we think 
we were, you know, in modern days, we, we you know, finally put our mark on Mars, but, you know, way back, they found the spaceship and they returned the Ice Warrior home, and as, as far-fetched as that is, um, there, there was some good stuff in there, but, you know, there was some stuff that just made it a little too silly. Yeah. The the thing about the Elvis Centurion, of course, it was the same woman who voiced it, who's had voiced the original. Yeah. Uh, yes, Yazan Churchman, I think, who's ninety, mm-hmm. nine. Well, in the nineties. So, um, you know, that was that that was that was really nice. I don't know whether Mike's already mentioned about uh, something in text. Do you want to mention anything about this? Because we we're really coming up to the two hour mark. And yeah. I think we should. Um, be a bit this episode talk. was written by Mark Gaddis, and as I was saying uh, in chat, that's pretty much all you need to say. His episodes are not really are, are his episodes are never a high point of a series. I'll put it there. Victory of the Daleks, Robot of Sherwood. They're never really memorable standout moments. It was a neat little continuity reference there with the with the Alpha Centauri at the end. You know, I remember on the live episode discussing it, I was not really that happy with it because it was kind of, oh no, it's a it's a reference to long-term fans or and b- people who just watch Modern who won't get it and it'll just be go right over their heads. But, you know, in terms of continuity, it's a neat little and even having that original actress back, that was that was a neat touch. The rest of the episode, whatever. Okay. Right, well, I'm going to jump to the um, the, the last episode of uh, Series 10, The Doctor Falls, and then uh, we're, we're, we'll, uh, we'll do a little bit about uh, Twice Upon a Time. But here is this from The Doctor Falls. He's built a wall around himself, a castle made of you, and you are standing on the battlement saying, no, no, no me. What are you talking about? All that time living under the monks. You'll have to hang on to yourself. Well, I'm, I'm fine. Look at me. Bill. What you see is not you. Your mind is acting like a perception filter. You still see yourself as you used to be. Used to be? It won't last. What do that. you mean, used to be? Temper is a luxury you can know. Why can't I? Why can't I be angry? Bill, please. You left me alone for ten years. Don't tell me I can't be angry. Because of that. That's why. Because you're a cyberman. Right. Everyone back to work. Nothing to see here. Somebody broke the bar. No biggie. Yeah, and Bill really, uh, the, the the companions, really great scene there. Uh, but um, didn't you like the editing of that particular scene here? And I seem to remember you talked about that. Yeah, there was some, a lot of nice stuff that they did there in the um, working around the fact that she could see herself. Uh, she, she had that perception filter where she didn't see that she was any different, but then they would they'd pan around and they'd cut, and then you'd see the Cyberman standing there. It was just, I don't know, visually I kind of really enjoyed what they did. Uh, and Pearl Mackie was really good as well. Oh, she was brilliant in it, but again, Moffat can't kill anybody. 
Ah, right. You know, it's like, I hope, because <laughs> because in Broadchurch, plenty of people died, um, that that we may actually get some death with meaning. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's when, when people constantly get saved, um, uh, or reversed, you know, the death gets reversed. It takes the sting out of any any future ones. And and here it was just like, all right, he died. Now what? What's going to happen? How's she going to get saved? Oh, this is how. Right. <clears throat> Mike, you have anything to add to this one before we 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 move to the closure? And not only was she saved. It was a trick that was already done last series. Yeah. I remember that was one of the big talking points was, hey, the same thing happened with Clara. It happened with yeah. Bill. Essentially, circumstances a bit different, but essentially same deal, sort of. And, yeah, it's... it's you, I, I remember the, the setup for this episode, the the whatever part one was, World Without End. That was a pretty good episode. I liked seeing how they brought back the, the, the original Mondazian Cybermen Still, that right. scene where the where the doctor is saying Mond- Mondazian Cybermen still kind of irks me, still kind of annoys me. That's kind of I don't know. It, it, it annoys me for some reason. But the the voices, the whole setup was good. It's just this episode was a disappointment. And if that's where we're leaving Nardole, as that's where we're leaving him, uh, that's 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 a disappointment. I would have liked a better resolution for the Nordol character. I liked him too much for him to just be written out that way. And he was where he was just basically left as a babysitter, basically, and said yeah. goodbye. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, on there, going into the black hole, of course, but that could have been two years, five years, with the Cybermen coming up the various levels and breaking through. Yeah, okay, well, um, we won't talk too much on this, but for completeness, we'll, we'll talk about twice upon a time being... But uh, I will refer people back to our episode 336 where we did a review of this Christmas special. But I'm going to play two clips straight after each other uh, towards the beginning and uh, towards the end. There is good and there is evil. I left Gallifrey to answer a question of my own. By any analysis, evil should always win. Good is not a practical survival strategy. It requires loyalty, self-sacrifice, and uh, love. Uh, So why does good prevail? What keeps the balance between good and evil in this appalling universe? Is there some kind of logic? Some mysterious force? Perhaps there's just a bloke. A bloke? Yeah. Perhaps it's just some bloke wandering around, putting everything right when it goes wrong. Well, that would be a nice story, wouldn't it? That would be the best. But the real world is not a fairy tale. You dash around the universe trying to figure out what's holding it all together and you really, really don't know. Yeah, and this Mike's put in a bloke and his holographic companion. Yeah, yeah quantum leapish that was very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I put that in because th- that then plays into the fact that the the Doctor, towards the end, seems to 
is he re- he's been resisting all this time. And I think Ian made the point uh, on the one of the other live shows that you think he'd been resisting uh, regeneration for some time. But here's the last clip of that, uh, the last clip I've got to play, in fact. And uh, then we'll all mention what we want to about it and then any closing thoughts. Laugh hard. Run fast. Be kind. change the the thing that the doctor's trying to persuade him how he's there's a much longer speech there where he's trying to say about himself but we can't do that so mike uh any thoughts on how the capaldi years era came to an end his one year as the doctor was pretty good <laughs> that's that's honest that's honestly my takeaway from the peter capaldi era his one series as the doctor was pretty okay i don't it, it was just overshadowed by clara too much and in series eight and nine to even consider that and, and just by that point if you if you had any opinions on the moffat era at that point you, you you had those opinions and even a new change in lead actor wasn't going to change anything especially when you had the same companion carrying on the same story arc uh even though she was re, re, redone from impossible girl to a companion all of that was already in place so there's just not much to say about Capaldi in his first two series. Of course, I've only seen three episodes, the last three of series nine. I have no urge to watch the first the, the first part, most the remaining missing episodes that I haven't seen. And that kind of says something that you see, I like Capaldi as an actor. His version of the doctor is from what I saw in series nine and heaven sent good. He could have been one of the best versions of the Doctor. He was just let down repeatedly by the writing. And one opinion I've heard, I've heard a lot, and it's not, it's not an opinion that I share. I almost do. Is the opinion that I've heard is I don't want to watch the Jodie Whittaker era and the, and the Chris Chibnall era because Moffat has done so much to destroy Doctor Who. Russell T Davies had a great show going with uh, Chris Eccleston and David Tennant as the doctors and all those companions, especially Donna Noble. And then Moffat comes along and Matt Smith era starts to go downhill with all those, that doctor and the companions. And Clara Oswald is just the biggest symptom of that. The biggest 
visual symptom of that, of the show going downhill. And the, the series 10, it, 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 it worked as a standalone, but not a lot of the stories are memorable. I mean, not a lot of the episodes there are ones I will go back and rewatch. Capaldi had a better opportunity as the Doctor there. And really, it's just that one series that I have to go on. And he was good. He'll, he'll be missed. Um, that speech, I, I liked his speech at the end. May have gone on a bit too long, but I, uh, the, his speech right before regenerating, that was a pretty good speech. And, the, the, and that's what Capaldi was good at over, in the end. He was good at speeches. There were speeches here and there, like the one from an episode that I haven't seen about the, the war and hearing and, and what he went through. That was a sounded like a good speech. I don't want to watch the whole episode to, to, to muddle through it just to get to that one moment, but it's a good moment. Um, there were speeches all throughout these that Capaldi was great at giving, and he's a, he's a great actor. It's and it, it, it's he he's a he's a he's a fan. He's a person who grew up with Doctor Who. He 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 started watching Doctor Who back when the show began, and he's. If you look, there's there's all, there's all this that's been said and written about how much of a fan he, he is. How he became leader of a local Doctor Who fan club, and he always wanted to play this character, and he finally gets his wish. It's just a joke that a friend and I have about how Peter Capaldi's childhood dream became a living nightmare in the end, and that's pretty much what it became. Well, some good moments in the last series, but it became a living nightmare. That's what it became. So one series. And one series doctor, Capaldi was great. Looking forward to what Chris Chibnall and Jody, and Jody Whitaker bring us. Okay, well, I'll go next, and then Ian can have the final word. Um, I, I think uh, he had tremendous range. Uh, he, he, he reminded me a lot of uh, John Pertwee, the third doctor, but he brought elements of the other doctors in. I did think it took a little bit long for him to find his feet, not from his acting point of view, but in terms of how they wanted to delineate and define how this particular doctor was going to be. There was a little bit too much of this introverted, I'm a good man thing. Um, we obviously jumped about a little bit here. I mean, we, did, we didn't mention about the fact, you know, the, his, his long night with River Song that lasted uh, 24 years and uh, uh, lots of other uh, interesting bits. As I said at the beginning, you know, uh, 40, 34, five or six stories, uh, 40 episodes. So, um, yeah, 35 stories, 40 episodes, three series, companions Clara, Riversong, Nardle, and Bill Potts, and, and of course, Christmas specials, and with great gaps in between. All I would also say is um, that he was indeed uh, a great ambassador for Doctor as well, went on the world tour, and, um, you know, Maybe the the adage you know, three seasons or three years as the Doctor uh, is enough because uh, you don't want to start repeating. You don't want to see the Doctor looking weary and tired. However, it seems to take him all three seasons for his hair to get Doctor like. We yeah. loved his costume. I think Ian probably liked his costume more than anybody with the you know with the the red flashes inside it. And um, all in all. Um, I think there are a heck of a lot more positives to take away from his time as the Doctor. I think David Tennant is still my favourite Doctor of all. Uh, I still think the uh, the second Doctor is my favourite of the classic series. But I, I, I must admit, I, I think I prefer Peter Capaldi, maybe even over the 11th Doctor. I don't know. But he's, he's definitely up there with the top ranking. And he's, 
he's, he's carried the torch for Doctor Who very well indeed. And I'll let Ian have his final thoughts and then perhaps play us out. Yeah. Um, in the end, it all worked out. Actually, I mean, I thought Capaldi was the thing that kept the show afloat from the time he came on board. Uh, I mean, you know, Mike, you know, left us for a little while. Um, and I understand. Um, and, but I, I mean, Capaldi, I think, you know, just, he just suffered from, from wayward writing. I don't want to say bad, but just wayward, just the wrong idea and too much of a fixation on a companion. The companion is supposed to be our window into the world of the doctor. They're not supposed to be, um, magical creatures, you know, or the most important thing in the universe, or, you know, Donna Noble was great in the fact that what she had was very brief and and uncontainable, and so it had to be taken away from her, along with the memories of the Doctor. That was well done, um, because she became special for a reason, um, and you know, and it all played out and finished and tidied up, and she went on to live a regular, normal life, just without the Doctor. And that was actually sadder than anything. The fact that you know, and and we revisited that in the special too, where you know, uh, Wilf said, you know, just just go say hi, you know, you'll you'll make her better again, and you know, no, it'll kill her. Um, you know, Russell had 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 the right way of of doing it. Um, but we just got this repeated too many times where the companion became more important than the doctor or, you know, more of a mystery than the doctor. And as much as I liked the actress, you know, Clara became an annoyance. Um, but the, the last season, Capaldi's last season really kind of redeemed everything else. Um, it, it becomes the bright part of, of, of his tenure um, even though I have no problem with him as the Doctor. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we had him. It just shows that, I mean, the complaints early on of like, oh, he's too old to play the Doctor were a lot of... Um, and and we, got, we got somebody, you know, who was deserving of the title of the Doctor on screen and off screen. Um, we've all seen the, the the wonderful notes he's written to people and the, the amount of time he's spent with fans. And um, yeah, we couldn't have asked for for a better person to be in the role. I mean, it's somebody who, who actually from a child wanted to be the doctor. And so, um, not that everybody who wanted, I mean, you should not give the part to me um, because yeah, no, no, that would just that wouldn't be good. No, um, and you know, it, it all worked out in the end, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what we've got coming up next. Um, well, I think we're all apprehensive, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, see where the show is going to go from here on out. Um, we've got a whole new direction coming: new music, new title sequence. Uh, new showrunner, new doctor, new companions. It's all being loaded on in the beginning, and so it's, it's going to be a tough, a tough thing. Um, 
All right, I'm supposed to mention that we will be back um, on Sunday, March 25th for episode number 339. And word has it that uh, that we will be talking about some Muppet years. Yes. <laughs> oh, the excitement. So it's going to be me and Dave. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was thinking of other the... words at the same time that years was... The man that's been the showrunner, uh, if we're talking about uh, Peter Capaldi in the lead role, then the the man who steered it, ably or not, depending on your opinion, right. yeah. uh, deserves to have uh, coverage on that. And maybe the people who uh, weren't able to be with us today listen back to this and think that they need to chime in with their own uh, two penneth of thoughts. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll do that. Um, one thing we were seeking, wish... seeking replacements for Mike for that episode. No. <laughs> one thing, one thing that I'm a bit upset with is that they don't appear to be filming, or they've not announced the filming, it's in 4K. I wish they were right. at least mastering it in 4K for longevity so that they could at some time, you know, in another 10 years, when everybody's got a high-definition TV, uh, they'll be watching it and that. But there you go. Alrighty. Well, I think we're done then. Indeed. Yes. Yes, we can. Dave can go back to bed now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and watch <laughs> Endeavour. Endeavour Morse. He's been endeavouring to watch that all day. <laughs> Clever. And I'm, I'm going to go play with my Star-Lord. By that I mean the new figure that I bought. Right. I'm going to go yeah. play some Bayonetta. There you, go. there you go. Maybe I'll play Knack. I'm going to play Knack. I think we ought to do our round-robin goodbye today as our commentaries. Yes. All right. So on that note, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. We're not going to do anything funny at the end.